here's the principle that I want you to realize. What something produces, we can call it a hairy. We can look at him and flip him over. Aunt Ethel can look him over and pull down her glasses and say, yep, it's a boy. It's a hairy. But what he produces identifies what he is. And in our lives, we can say a lot of things. We can call a lot of things what we want to call them. But what they produce will identify what they really are. Okay? Now, if you take your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 6, verse 33. Our title today, and we've been talking about don't say. This week, our message is to you is... Jesus said these words, and when Jesus says words, when they're in red, our ears need to perk up, okay? When you're looking at your Bible, and if you have one of those red-lettered edition Bibles that say, this is Jesus' word, this identify his words, our ears need to pick up. Jesus said, don't say, Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say, okay? Now, let's take a look at this. Luke 6, 43, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Now, Jesus is giving a teaching, and he in essence says that you'll know what kind of tree it is by the fruit that it bears. Now, you and I can go to Lowe's or to the local nursery and buy a tree. It may be an apple tree, and you plant it out in your backyard and you water it and fertilize it. And then after a year or two, if it starts producing peaches, no matter what the label said, or no matter what anybody told you, you don't have an apple tree. You have a peach tree. Okay. Now, a lot of times we want to argue, but the guy at the nursery said, there's an apple tree. I got it out of the apple tree row. There's a, a section at Lowe's for apple trees. That's where I got it. It had this label on it that said, Red Delicious. Well, I don't care what the label on it said or where you got it from. After you plant it, and when it starts to produce a fruit, and the fruit is peaches, no matter what anybody says or what anybody tells you, the fruit is really the identifier of what it is. Okay? The fruit says it's a peach tree. And so someone else, I can tell you, your grandfather can look at the leaves. And, you know, grandfathers have a way of doing that, don't they? They can look at the leaves and say, oh, yeah, that's, a, that's an apple tree. I don't care who looks at it and tells you that it's an apple tree. If it's bearing peaches, it's a peach tree. Jesus says that the fruit of your lips reveals what's stored up in your heart. Then Jesus takes it a step further. You see, some of them were feeling good because they knew the right things to say. And that's when Jesus speaks this next question to them. And these are Jesus' words. And he asks them this. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord? What's the next part? And not do what I say. 
Jesus asks him this question. He says, hey, guys, how comes you keep calling me Lord, Lord, and then you just go ahead and do whatever it is that you want? You don't do what I ask of you. You see, it's a little bit more than what we say. I want to put this into practical terms. Jesus asks the question, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and then go ahead and do what you want? In essence, Jesus is saying, you can't say I'm your master. You can't say I'm your Lord if you don't do what I say, okay? Jesus says, you can't call me master. You can't call me Lord and then bear this other kind of fruit. You can't call me master and not obey the teachings that I've instructed to you. Now, there are a number of different words that are translated Lord. The Hebrew word Jehovah, the proper name of God, of the God of the Hebrews, translated Lord in our Bibles, most of the time when you see it in your Bibles, it'll be printed in small capitals. And it'll say Lord, but it'll be small capitals. And you'll know that that usually is talking about the name of God, Jehovah, Israel's God. They were saying God, Lord, okay, Jehovah. The Hebrew word Adon means one possessed of absolute control. And it's translated Lord, and it means master. So there's different times when you see the word in our English Bible that says Lord, and it has different meanings. It may mean Jehovah, the God of Israel, okay? The name that they have given to God. It may mean that they're speaking of master, okay? It means that he's in ultimate control. C.S. Lewis says this. He says there's two kinds of people. Those who say to God, thy will be done, and those to whom God says, all right, then have it your way. When he's Lord, it's Lord, your will be done. It's whatever you ask of me, Lord. It's not about what I want. It's not about what my desires are, but it becomes, Lord, I want to surrender my desires to your desires. Going back, a great idea of this is found in the book of Malachi. Through the prophet, God addresses the religious leaders. And the crazy thing is, is that whenever God speaks to people, a lot of times the harsher times when God would speak to people, it wouldn't be people who were seekers of God. He was a little more forceful with those who are religious, with us church people, with us pastors, with us leaders. God's a lot more direct with us often. Through the prophet, God addresses the religious leaders who think they are honoring God, but their actions say something else, okay? I thought Harry was a Harry. I was sure he was a Harry. I mean, that was his name, Harry. Ethel identified him. It's a boy. It's Harry. But whenever the evidence came out, The evidence showed that he wasn't a Harry. He was a Harriet. He was a Harriet. So no matter how many times I said, he's Harry, call him by that name Harry, it didn't matter because the evidence showed what he was. In Malachi, God says this to the people. Malachi chapter one, verse six. It says, a son honors his father and a slave his master. If I'm a father, where is the honor due me? If I'm a master, where's the respect due to me, says the Lord Almighty. It's you, priest. He wasn't talking to the average person. 
he was talking to the religious leaders, those who were placed in a position called by him to lead the people in the right ways. And he says, it's you priests who show contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? What are you talking about, God? By offering defiled food on my altar. But you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice lame or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Now, here's what I want you to understand. In this place, the people were going through the motions. You hear that? They were doing the things that I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be a priest, so I'm supposed to offer sacrifices. And we're religious people. And as religious people, we know that one of the ways that we worship God is by bringing sacrifices and offerings to God. And so everyone was on the same page with that. But they were showing contempt for God. And they're saying, what are you talking about? What's the problem? We're doing it. Didn't you see me there last week? I came in, I brought my offering to God. I brought my dove. I brought my lamb that needed to be sacrificed. And that, they had a sacrificial system at that time. So they were going through the motions, but what they were offering to God was what? It was junk. It was what was left over. It was what they didn't want. They weren't offering to God their best. They were offering to God their leftovers. And they felt good about that because, hey, I'm going to the temple. I'm engaging in sacrifice. So what's the big deal? What's the problem? And God looks at their hearts and he says, and this is where he confronts them. He says to them, would your governor accept this kind of stuff? What would your governor say if you came and tried to offer him all of your leftovers, the things that you don't want? He would say, this is junk. This is not acceptable. Go get me something that's worth value. Go get me something that's of value, in essence, something that costs you something. That's one of the reasons why the Bible talks about David being a man after God's own heart. David refused to offer God something that didn't cost him something. Someone tried to give David a gift and said, David, you can use this gift as a part of your worship to God. And David said, no, I won't take a free gift and offer it to God. I'll only give God something that costs me something. Okay? And so these people thought because they were doing specific things, surely God must be happy with that. But he wasn't. And he confronts them on that issue. The second major point here is this. It's not just what we say, but what we do that will determine the outcome of our lives. Because there's a lot of people who say, well, I'm offering sacrifices to God. It should be cool. But it's not just what we say. There's a lot of people who say, Lord, Lord. They're saying, you're God. Yes, I believe in God. Yes, Lord. Yes, master. And so it's not just what we say, but what we do that will determine the outcomes of our lives. And Jesus goes on and he says, as for everyone who comes to me 
and hears my words and puts them into practice. I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck that house, but it could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like the man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was great. Let me say it to you one more time. It's not just what we say, but what we do that will determine the outcomes of our lives. And so it's not just enough to say, Lord, Lord. Jesus says, when you put into practice, when you put into practice the things that I teach you, when you put into practice the things that I ask of you, the person who puts them into practice is like a wise builder who builds his house upon a sure foundation, upon a rock. Now, I want you to know this. There is one thing for sure. No matter where you live or where you're from, there's one thing for sure. At some time or another, floods are going to come. It may be in the form of test, trials, hardships, disappointments. They're going to come our way. And when they come, they will reveal the choices that we have made all along. Do you hear that? When those difficult times come, they're going to reveal the choices that you and I have made all along. They will reveal the foundation that we've built our life upon when the test comes, when the trials come. The third thing I want you to, if you're taking notes, the third thing I want you to see is that if we have moved beyond lip service to practicing the words of God, you can face the future with confidence. If you've moved beyond lip service to practice and putting into practice the words of God, you can face the future because I guarantee you storms are gonna come your way. Tests are gonna come your way. Trials are gonna come your way. Disappointments are gonna come your way. And we'll be able to face the future with confidence. Why? Because we've built our houses, we've built our lives upon a sure foundation. One of the verses that, when we talk about this idea of saying, Lord, Lord, one of the ones that comes to my mind in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, Jesus said these things again. He said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, not everyone who says, Master, Jehovah, Yes, I recognize that you're God. Not everyone who says that will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. He says, many will say on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons in your name, perform many miracles? Then I'll tell them, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. I don't know about you, but I wanna be a doer of God's word. I don't want to just say it and kind of deceive myself and think that because I say, yes, Lord, yes, he's God, he's my master. I want my day-to-day practices and the choices that I make to build a foundation for myself that I can face the future with confidence in because I know that I'm going to face trials. I know I'm going to face trials. 
I know I'm going to face difficulties, but if I've built my house upon that sure foundation, when those tests and trials come, I won't have to be ashamed, number one, and I won't suffer loss. Do you realize this? That the person who builds their house upon the right foundation and the person who builds their house upon the sand, there's that basic part of building the foundation that takes a little longer. It, It requires a little more sacrifice. But a lot of the rest of your life that you build is kind of the same requirements. And yet that will be lost. Those things will be lost for the person who builds their house upon the sand. So you and I can face the future with confidence. I want you just to search your heart for a moment. And I want you just to ask, in the future, are you going to have to be ashamed? Are you at a point where you can face the future with confidence? Because the decisions that you're making, you're not just giving lip service to God, but you're doing what he asks. Are you at that point yet? And if you're not, doesn't God deserve doesn't he deserve your obedience doesn't he deserve you to do not just to say but to do his will today's an awesome day for you to let Jesus not just be your God with a small g but let him be the Lord of your whole life because that's what he wants maybe you've been walking with God but there's some places in your life where you've been holding back areas and you're afraid that someday you're going to be ashamed. You're afraid that someday the house that you're building is going to come crumbling down. And you just want to determine today that, you know what, God, there's some areas where I've not been doing what you've said. I've been giving you my leftovers. I've been giving you the things that I don't want. And I want to just change that. So would you just take a minute and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart Lord, we just search our hearts today. And we ask the Holy Spirit that he would speak to us. And we ask you, Lord, that if there's anything that's holding us back, if there's things that we try to offer you, what's left over, we pray that you'd speak to us. And that we would determine, Lord, I'm not going to give you my leftovers. I'm going to give you my best. I'm going to let you truly be Lord of every part of my life. We pray this in Jesus' name.